You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, it's the episode y'all are all looking forward to. Everyone loves it. It's, It's our big annual Best Books of the Year episode. Get your pencils out, get your phones out, <laughs> get ready to add stuff to your Goodreads list, uh, get, it, get it all ready because we're going to give you our favorite books of the year. But before we get into that, first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm doing a reread, and I don't often do that, Ooh. but um, for my book club, I got to pick the book this month, and I recommended Plain Bad Heroines by Emily M. Danforth. Nice. Speaking of favorite books of the year, this was both of our? on both of our Yeah, this lists. is one of our tandem picks from last year. From last year. And so I thought it'd be a good time to bring it back up. I'm I'm actually doing a listen. I listened to it the first time. I was going to read it this time. Um, but then, I don't know. I've just been walking around a lot and I already had it on my Libra FM account. So I started listening to it again. And um, for people who didn't pick this up last year, Mallory and I could not recommend it more. It has horror. It has... Yellow Jackets. It has, um, <laughs> and it's it's basically a couple of different timelines. It has um, um, a tragedy that happens at an all girls school, and then a book that was written about the tragedy, and then a movie being made about said book happening in the present day. And you follow those women, and it's a queer love story, but also a horror story. And it was great. We both just really liked it, and hope. I hope my book club likes it. I think at the very least it'll give them a lot to talk about. Um, Knowing the people in your book club, yeah. I think that they will love this book. I hope so. I hope so. But it, but if not, I feel like uh, in my book club, there's always a couple people who are like, I did not like the book. And they're very open about it. And this is a bit long for books that we read. So we're going to have to see how um, how everyone <laughs> feels about it. It is a honker. It is long. I forgot when I recommended it. And then we. it's like, I would say it's way longer than some of the books we've read. But we do read a lot of Stephen King and, you no, Stephen King books yeah, can be well, long yeah, as hell. Hold on. It's a Stephen King book club, and that's like Stephen King is like the honker king. <laughs> he really is. Just call him honker. He never king. stops. He never stops. He just keeps on writing. Um, Mallory, what are you reading? I am still reading twenty twenty one releases because I'm a maniac. But yeah. in my defense, this book just came in from the library for me recently. So I finally got to read it. It is the hotly anticipated Marrow Thieves sequel. It's Hunting by Stars by Cherie Dimeline. And I'm so excited to read this. I didn't realize this is one of those sequels that takes place like literally the second after the Marrow Thieves ends. Wow. Interesting. uh, It's going to be very hard. I still want all everyone listening to the show to read Marrow Thieves. So I'm going to try to talk about the sequel without giving any spoilers. Um, But basically this is the same world, uh, this sort of post-apocalyptic dystopian world where people can't dream anymore. And the only people who can still dream are the native indigenous populations of the world. So it is this group of um, the sort of ragtag motley post-dystopian crew of people who are uh, native people um, of various tribes uh, from North America that have gotten together and are trying to run away from the white people basically as they're being hunted for their bone marrow because um, there's this sort of weird legend that's come up that if you take their bone marrow, you'll be able to dream again. Um, and so they're on the run. Um, some th- like big things happened at the end of book one and this is like taking place again the second afterwards. But uh, the main character is this teenage boy named Frenchie who is 
amidst, you know, trying to stay alive and, you know, not get eaten, uh, he's trying to deal with, like, a crush and teenage feelings and, like, boners and, like, various teenage things. If you're the kind of person, and I know a lot of listeners are, that love a uh, sci-fi where, like, the sci-fi is sort of in the background and, like, a lot of, like, personal stuff is in the foreground, this is it. Because it's just, you know, he's struggling with not having a father figure and, like, trying to imagine being a teenager, but instead of living in the modern world, you live in, like, a a roving band of people trying to stay alive. And, like, he's just trying to figure himself out and deal with all these things while being in a dystopian nightmare. Uh, So it's really, really cool so far. That's Hunting by Stars by Cherie Demoline. And I'm listening to Plain Bad Heroines by Emily M. Danforth. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. So because it's the big best books of the year episode, what we did was we pulled the glassers and the reading glasses slack. And again, if you want to get in on the reading glasses slack, which is my favorite place on the internet, uh, all you have to do is either if you don't support us already via Maximum Fun every month, sign up to do that. But if you already do, all you got to do is just email the proof of that, you know, email your receipt of your monthly payment to Maximum Fun uh, to our reading glasses podcast at gmail.com email and we'll give you slack access it is again my favorite place on the internet it is so much fun i love talking about books and reading with everyone in there and so what i did was i asked the glasses what their favorite books were wow. this year and, and by the way i have so many crossovers with these that we are all yes. reading the same books <laughs> yes so i'll read the first half you can read the second half okay uh here's the glasser's favorite titles of 2021 First one, Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner, oh, yeah. which neither of us read. But no, this no, is one I of those did. Ones. I read. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Wow. I need to read this one. It's it is really great. It's wonderful. I I, I think it's on a lot of top lists this year for sure. Uh, Cruelly Yours, Elvira by Cassandra Peterson, which we both read and loved. This mm-hmm. was up there. I might have put this on my list if it wasn't in the Glasser list. Mm-hmm. Um, Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell, which I did not read. I have not heard of. This is uh, one of a, those. It's a good sci-fi. I, it's a book that okay. I should have read and did not, and I regret that. There's always one mm-hmm. that we that we miss. Uh, Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Uh, You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey by Lacey Lamar and Amber Ruffin. And Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro, um, which, um, man, I'll get to this later because that was also one of my favorites but didn't make it on my list. Um, There was a few almost for both of us this year, I think. Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Um, My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones, which we both read also. Dial A for Aunties uh, by Jesse Q. Sutanto, which Mallory read and liked. And The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornacek, uh, which also I did not get to read, but was on my list to read. And I wish I would have read it before the end of the year. And also, here we go. Hotly anticipated choice of the year. Sean's favorite book of the year. I don't think this came out in 2021, but it was Sean's favorite read. It's Miami Blue by Charles Williford. And Sean says, I have completed my transformation into pulp mystery dad. Noah Segan would be proud. (laughs) So if you're looking for a good pulp mystery, that was Sean's favorite of the year, Miami Blue by Charles Williford. So if you are listening, you want to let us know what your favorite book of the year was, please send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter, link in the show notes. And a a quick bookmark from me, uh, Midway through the year, we launched our brand new merch store with Void Merch, and we love it so much. And this uh, this past 
a couple weeks ago, we got our first payment that was like all the money that we had made from sales, you know, this year. So, so it's like six months. And I just want to thank all the Reading Glasses listeners because with that money, that payment that we got, I was able to buy a new computer that I really, really desperately needed. I was working off an old laptop that was not doing great and I'm trying to work and work on books and it was tough. So with that money, I was able to get a new computer that has worked out really, really well. And I just want to thank you all. I know that... um uh, if you listen to the show and we, we talk all the time about our merch door and giving us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and stuff like that, I just want to remind you folks that that stuff, buying those things and doing those things actually has a huge concrete impact on our lives. And uh, again, thank you for buying cool t-shirts and uh, tote bags and pillows and mugs and, and other fun things because they really make a difference for us. Uh, so before we talk about our favorite books of the year, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part by Get Abstract. Get Abstract believes in progress through knowledge. You know, here on Reading Glasses, we love knowledge. Since its foundation in 1999, the company's mission has been to give people the knowledge they need to make better decisions in business and in their private lives. What's Get Abstract? What it does is it finds, rates, and summarizes the top professional books, articles, and video talks into 10-minute abstracts. Fantastic. You can read it on your break at work. You can read one over breakfast. There's over 22,000 of them. We got to check out Get Abstract and it's fantastic. If you have a bunch of cool history or science or business books that you've been wanting to read, but you just don't have the time and you just want to get the gist of them, Get Abstract is absolutely perfect for you. It can get more knowledge into your brain quickly. Whether it's business tips or just interesting historical facts, Get Abstract is awesome. So to try Get Abstract for free, right, you can try it for free. That means you get to read a bunch of stuff for free. You could visit getab.li slash glasses. So that's getab.li slash glasses. So you get to try this for free, read a bunch of cool abstracts, get a bunch of new knowledge for free, getab.li slash glasses. Glasses. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fanti, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive question mark Uh aspects of gentrification we get into that too every single thursday you can check us out at maximumfun.org listen you know you want it honey so come on and get it (laughs) period this week It's the most exciting episode of the year. We've been feverishly reading the last round of 2021 releases for weeks now, and it's time to look at our final choices. As always, it'll be a mix of fiction and nonfiction with some special categories at the end. So, Bria, 
normally I can guess what is going to be on your list, but this year I felt like I had, I was making, writing this episode and I was like, I have no idea what Bria is going to put on her list. Yeah. Uh, I have no were, idea what you were going to You were trying choose. to figure out the tandem choices and you were like, yes. which ones would, could they possibly be? Yeah. Yeah. And you guessed one and then there was one I figured out once I saw your choices. Yes. It, it seems like last year there was a group of like big buzzy mm-hmm. favorites that everyone sort of shared. And this year it feels like it's spread out more among a bunch of different books. Do you do you agree? Yeah, totally. I do feel like that. And like, <clears throat> normally I feel like I can be like, oh, I can tell you my top books just kind of off the top of my head. But I actually had to look back at my book journal and be like, oh, right. Like, like it, it didn't feel like quite as obvious. I actually had a, quite a few nonfiction on my top like 20. Um, I, I narrowed it down. I think I only have one nonfiction on this. Um, uh, on this one, it ended up making the top ten. But um, uh, I had so many nonfiction, which is not normally like me. Um, but so yeah, it's it was it was a bunch of uh, dark horses this year, a bunch of unlikely yeah. <laughs> unlikely choices. Yeah, there was a few books that I was like, oh my god, I forgot I read this this year. Oh, like, it just like totally surprised me. I was mm-hmm. uh, very very interested reading back through my book buddy. Um, but I guessed that this would be the one book that we shared. Let's get into it. And I was right. I knew for off the bat. You want to tell our listeners what it is? Yeah, of course. There's a new Grady Hendrix out this year. So it's like, <laughs> maybe it's an automatic. Uh, but the final girl support group, which literally just someone just texted me and said, should I read this book? And I was like, yes, it's both Mallory and my top book of the year. <laughs> this is our tandem choice. Um, we love Grady Hendrix on this podcast. Um, we both read early copies of it, which is not to mean, that's not the reason we chose this. Actually, it was just a wonderful, great book. What I really liked about this book was that it took horror and it took horror tropes. And I think there's a lot of things around this subject. And I actually said this to Grady. I was like, there's a lot of things around the, it's it's about a bunch of final girls and they're in a support group together. And then one of them uh, gets killed and then they have to figure out what's going on. Um, and final girl, meaning a girl, girls who survived these like massacres, like that would take place in a Friday the 13th type movie. And each chapter sort of named things that makes you, makes you realize that they're very, it's very referential. Um, and my, what I was scared going into this book because I was like, oh no, I want this to be good because I have, you and I have such strong feelings about horror and I've seen this idea played out before and I just feel like he really nailed it. I, 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 yes, I, I totally agree. think he really nailed it. It was another um, read for my book club actually. Um, and it, and he just took an idea that could have been treated carelessly and he took such careful he took care. He took care of my little horror heart. You know what I mean? Like I like what it, where yes. I was vulnerable in reading this book, and I felt like he did an amazing job. Yeah, I uh, well, Final Girls are something that is so objectified and mm-hmm. fetishized that I feel like this book could have gone sideways so easily. But Grady, he's just so great at keeping tension and suspense up, but also having massive, massive empathy for his characters, even if they're unlikable. Um, I definitely would say he's one of the best male writers out there writing female characters. Like mm-hmm. I, tr- I felt the same way. I trusted Grady with this story and he just absolutely nailed it. It was so, so good. So that is our first tandem pick, but I was very surprised. I think we were both surprised that the other one also chose this book. We had a second tandem pick. Yeah, it's interesting because this definitely fits the Venn diagram of our interests, but I didn't think about that. But our second 
Tana pick is The Library of the Dead by T.L. Huchu, who came on the show. Oh, yeah. Again, you don't have to come on the show to be our favorite, uh, <laughs> but we do try to invite our favorites on. I did love this interview, though. I did, too. Uh, he was such, like, a nice, positive um, person. Um, and, um, yeah, I think it's— Mallory, I think it's because you love the ghosts and the spirits of it all. You know what I mean? Like that's something mm -hmm. you're going to like. Or I think I liked the world building and maybe the, the plucky girl, the, the plucky girl on a journey. You know, like I think yes. that those two things combined our interests. Um, yeah. But and this may be the only book that has a lot of fan, like sort of more, I was going to say more fantasy in it. Um, that I have on my list this year. But it was definitely, like, for me, an A++ book. Like, when I was reading it, I was really into it. Um, do you want to tell people what it's about? I guess I skipped over that part. Uh, well, it so it it basically is about this uh, teenage girl. She lives in Edinburgh in Scotland, and she has this power that she can talk to the dead. And it is a power that's been sort of passed down through her family in this world that it's not an uncommon thing. And like, basically she gets paid by people to like ferry messages back and forth between the living to their dead, to their, the living to their dead ones, mm -hmm. the living to their loved ones that are have passed away and vice versa. Um, only she gets kind of entangled in this mystery and this missing child and, um, and this mystery is involved with this like greater spooky thing that's happening. And it's just... This was one of those books. One of the ways I chose my books this year was I wasn't able to stop thinking about them. And I have not mm -hmm. been able to stop thinking about this book. And I think this main character, one of the things we both really loved is that she's in, this character is in this world of like spooky things and magic and ghosts. But like the main thing she's worried about is like making rent, Yeah, you know, and she's very concerned about taking care of her family. She lives in a trailer park. Uh, she's trying to make money all the time. And a lot of her choices are dictated by that. And it's something that we talked to Tendai about is, you know, cause it's something that he thinks about all the time. He said when he was, when he like watches superhero movies and stuff, he's always like, how are they paying their bills? Like how, <laughs> how are they not able to worry about this stuff? And I just loved that character so much. Uh, the sequel is out next year. I think it's called Our Lady of Mysterious Ailments. And I cannot fucking wait. This, will this be the book that gets me back into series? Ooh, maybe. exciting. Maybe, I also want to maybe. shout out, Scotland. I think that was a big draw for me. Yeah. Like, I do yeah, the, love— the world that this is in is incredible. Yeah, and I've never been to Scotland, and I would like to go. And I like books that take place in other countries. So I think that that—because I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm leaving my house right now, which was really important this year, I think, to make us feel like yeah. we were actually Didn't We, we doing read something. it in the spring, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, love it. All right. So let's get into our individual picks. Bree, you want to go first? I do. So I knew this was going to be on your list. I think this, what, what, like once I thought about it, I was like, this is not a surprise to me. This might be I we don't usually do like favorite, favorite books of the year. But this is definitely like if it if I haven't done a favorite book, of the, it's this top three. It's so good. It's Light from Uncommon Stars by Reka Aoki. It's sci-fi and horror. I talked about it just a few weeks ago. I just read it. It it surpasses all of the sci-fi horror categories for me, though. It's everything I want in a book because it's got both demons and aliens, which is like, oh, great. I, <laughs> I don't have to read two books to cover these things. Um, my friend Jeff, I'll, I'll, I'll give this little little tidbit. My friend Jeff is reading it right now. And he said, he texted me, he's like, oh my God, I love this book. And he was like, I actually am taking time between chapters because I want to digest it and not just like speed through it till the end because I know I do that because I just love it so much and I don't want it to end. And I felt the same way. Like, it's interesting, Mallory, because I know you and I in the last few weeks were like, I got to read all these 2021 releases. And when I got about halfway through this book, I was like, 
oh, I don't feel the pressure to read 2021 releases again because I think I found the book. Because <laughs> I'm always scared. Aww. I'm like, oh, is there a book that I should have read and I'm going to regret not recommending? And I'm like, oh, no, this was the book. Like, if I had, like, I didn't have to think. It's like I found my one. I didn't have to keep dating. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the romantic interlude starts playing. Bria and this book are moving together towards each other slowly through a field of wildflowers. It is like non-sci-fi, for non-sci-fi people, for sci-fi people. I just I just thought it was great. It's beautifully written. It has a violin uh, aspect to it, a musical aspect to it. I just really liked it. Um, so that's probably my top pick of the year, my number one recommended book for people. Um, what is your first pick? Uh, my first pick is also, I think, my favorite, favorite book of the year. I knew when I was reading this that it was probably going to be my favorite, and I was right. Uh, it's it's no surprise. It's the new uh, novel by Helen Oyeyemi, one of my favorite authors. It's Pieces, and that's P-E-A-C-E-S, so not like Pieces of Pie, but like Peace. Um it's this book is just everything that I love. It is weird fiction at its finest. It's somehow about relationships and breakups at the same time, which is just Helen Oyeyemi is a genius. Um, it's about these two newlyweds and they are taking a train trip for their honeymoon, but they soon discover that the train that they're on has these like very strange connections to their personal lives. And I just fucking love this book so much. It might be my new favorite of hers, which is saying something. It's just so, it's so surreal and dreamy like all her books are, but it is, it's so, it's just so brilliant and profound. And it's such an incredible, like if you were a person who has been through a big breakup, um, a big, one of the big themes in the book is like how strange, the strange feeling that you have when you break up with someone that you've been with for a long time and been very intimate with and like all of a sudden this person that was just like a part of your life doesn't exist to you anymore mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. isn't there and how fucking strange that is. And this book perfectly captures that and the characters are amazing and it's so surprising and I just, I don't recommend this to everybody because it's so fucking weird and a lot of people read her and are like, I don't know what's going on. But if you like weird fiction, please pick this book up. It is flawless. Uh, what is your next pick? Well, got to give a shout out to my favorite nonfiction of the year. It's Girly Drinks by Mallory O'Mara. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I will say some people had uh, Girly Drinks on their That's favorite nice. list of favorite books of uh, 2021 for glasses, uh, but I didn't put it in there because I felt weird. But thank you. <laughs> well, so at the most popular event we did this year, our readathon, which thank you for everyone who attended. It was so popular. I could not believe how many people were participating. Um, uh, I read this book. This is what I did for the first three, four, or five hours of the day. Like, I read I read this book. I really loved it. And actually, yesterday, I used the fact about the those brewing lady hats. Because John said something <laughs> about... Um, something about those hats and he started explaining it to me and I was like no you're wrong I actually know where those hats who wore those hats and like the wit and like why they looked like that and anyway it was great uh so this is a great book I think if you drink but also if you don't drink and you're just interested in women's fiction uh non-fiction and women's history um it's not women's fiction it's women's Nonfiction. Um, Although I do hope people write some fiction. Like a lot of people are like really have told me how much how much they're interested in like the alewives and witches and yeah. a lot of the stuff I talk about in there. And I'm like, I hope some people write novels based off of this stuff because it's really cool. Yeah, they definitely should. I'd like to make a movie out of that part too. Um, and it's also this is a great party fact book. It's a wonderful party that was my fact goal. book. That was all my entire goal. <laughs> um, if you haven't uh, read a micro history too, I think this is such a great micro history. Um, 
about something that affects all of us. It affects women's women's lives today. Um, the way and it and it will it shapes the way I view the world, which I think is really important with micro histories because it's usually about something we see every day, but we don't think about the history of. And I think that. That, that's what I'm here for a microhistory for. It, it, it accomplished that goal for me to where when I'm drinking a beer, I think to myself, oh, there's like a long history about this that involves me that I never <laughs> thought about. Um, so shout out to that. It's a, you know, best, best nonfiction of the year for me. Thank you, Bria. You're welcome. What's your next one? My next pick is another non-surprise, The Turnout by Megan Abbott. I worship her. She's just incredible. I figured this was going to be my favorites. I love her so much. I think I read this book in about 24 hours, which was not an easy feat because it's it's a pretty thick one. Uh, as per usual, Abbott is writing about the terrifying feminine world of ballerinas. You know, she always writes, she's written books about cheerleaders, about um, uh, female scientists. She finds these like really tiny feminine worlds and, and writes these like terrifying stories inside there. And this one, again, is about ballerinas. Seriously, it will scare the shit out of you. <laughs> uh, it's about this very small ballet company that these two sisters run. And these, this contractor comes in to do some work on the building and basically just explodes their small, tiny little insular world. And everything falls apart. And it is so tense and so compelling that you like I immediately inhaled it I remember I started reading it one night a few weeks ago and Jeremy like wanted to watch something with me and I was like sorry I just have to keep reading (laughs) (laughs) sorry I gotta finish Uh, if you were a thriller person and you're not reading Megan Abbott I don't know what to tell you like this is just it's a masterful book and oh it's incredible uh what is your next one okay so the Glassers picked quite a few of mine, and I <laughs> think they have great taste. So I'm going to just shout out some of these books again because I feel like they're really good. Uh, my first one, which is my favorite sort of memoir slash storytelling book of the year, although I had a couple on this memoir one. There were like three memoirs I read this year, and I love them all. There's um, some really good memoirs. Yeah, um, but it's uh, You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey, Crazy Stories About Racism by Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. Um, and I listened to this one on a long drive, and I laughed out loud so much many times. And like, that sounds weird to say because it's hard. It's like, oh, I had so much fun listening to this book about racism, but, (laughs) but I did. And it feels like you're kind of hanging out with Amber Ruffin because she reads it and she's very, very charming and very interesting. And, but also you like learn a lot. And I think it opened my eyes to some things. Um, but then also you end up laughing at stuff because she's so funny the way she tells a story. Like when I'm describing the book, I can hear her voice and her voice. She's just really like, a kind of like funny, loud lady. And I love that kind of lady. <laughs> and it's just great. It's a totally lovely, great book that um, obviously is very relevant in the year 2021. Um, but yeah, that I just think it was awesome. Um, what's your next one, Mallory? My next one is another big glasser book. Uh, it is The Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. We are huge Sarah Gailey fans here on Reading Glasses and The Echo Wife did not disappoint. It's just like this super intense thriller about this woman. She's like this brilliant geneticist. She's this brilliant scientist and she finds out, and this is not a spoiler, that her husband has been using her technology to clone a, a version of her that is more meek and timid and obedient uh, as a new wife. And uh, things uh, continue to unravel from there. Uh, it's just such an intense thriller and it really delves into like among a bunch of other things, like these big questions of nature and nurture because, you know, there's this main character and she's dealing with all these clones of herself and like trying to figure out what is, again, nature and nurture. Like she really has to um, 
confront these parts of herself and learn how to love herself. It's just such in very Sarah Gailey fashion. It's very, it's just unique. It's very, it's brilliant. It's such a smart book. Also, I would like to say huge fucking alert. They finally announced it. Sarah Gailey wrote a haunted house book. That's coming out next year called Just Like Home. Uh, They just released the cover. You can pre-order it now. So we have haunted house books coming out from not just Sarah Gailey, but also Grady Hendrix next year. Wow, it's Mallory's year. And and a new Paul Tremblay is coming out next year. So big year for Mallory O'Mara in 2022. I'm very excited. Uh, What is your next one, Bria? Um... My next one is another one that I listened to, another Glasser pick, but I got to shout it out, which is Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. This is my book you can literally recommend to any person book um, because Reid, she she has such great storytelling skills. Um, Like she could just craft an amazing story. And this one takes place in the LA area, which I really love. Um, uh, I talked about it on the show, I think, but it's about a family. Yeah, because I recommended it for um, to give to moms for our holiday right, yes, gift it's guide. Just the mom pick. Yeah, because it's got it's it's about a whole it's about a family. The mom character isn't that great in the book because it's about these children <laughs> who are sort of abandoned by their parents. But it is all about their relationships, and I just love the way Taylor Jenkins Reid has like crafted her own version of Hollywood. So like some characters from other books appear in this one. And it's just about this amazing bond between these kids. I just loved it. And it kind of, and they're all, it's just about this one night they're having a party um, and a bunch of things like culminate at this party, but it's, it's a great book. It's so wonderful. And again, the kind of book you can recommend to anybody, which I'm always looking for. What is your next one? Uh, This is another Absolute non-surprise. It's no one is talking about this by mm-hmm. Patricia Lockwood. I wish I'd read this before the end of the year. I don't know how I didn't get to this. Oh, you are going to love this. I, obviously, I'm extremely fucking biased because I just <laughs> fucking worship Patricia Lockwood. This is one of my most anticipated of the year. I would read toothpaste instructions if she wrote them. Uh, but this book, it's just, it's stunning. It's about this Uh, And it's very relatable. I think this has felt like the most 2021 book of the year for me because it's this one woman's obsession with social media, basically, what she calls the portal, but that's, you know, what it's basically just social media. And, um how how that obsession shapes her life and then she goes through this like absolutely devastating personal thing that happens to her and her family that just cracks open her relationship and obsession with with the internet and it is so beautiful and strange and also very funny you know it's just everything that is amazing about Patricia Lockwood everything that she does well this book highlights and it really will like it's one of those books that when you like when you finish you're like clutching your chest you're just like oh my god my heart like it is so fucking so just so fucking good i loved it um what is your next one this one i don't think i don't i don't i didn't know you read this this was like a surprise these are our both surprise picks these next two yeah this was a uh i read it in the last couple weeks um this one is called seek you seek you there's two different words seek you a journey through american loneliness by Kristen radke um it's a graphic novel, sort of. I mean, it is a graphic novel. It's like, but not, it, there's there's not panels. It's like each page is like an art page. And it's it's basically, I would say it's a micro history meets memoir. Um, and it's, the micro history is the history of loneliness, um, specifically to America, I believe. But it just, it is so <laughs> perfect in capturing how I feel, how I feel like people in the world feel. It starts with like, so the first chapter is about, 
her dad, who she never really connected with um, very much, and her dad used— uh, would you go down to the basement and use a ham radio to try to talk to people? And she didn't know that until she was older. And then she kind of goes into the history of the hand, ham radio and how it was a way people connected um, with each other and, like, the way that people reached out to each other. But then she also looks into, like, other, like— um, uh, ways that people started connecting to, with each other and started disconnecting with each other. Um, like, there's this one part which will uh, break your heart. It's a very tough book to read, I will I will say. But um, one part that will break your heart that's all about this um, hotline from uh, in England that people call when they're lonely. Um, and it's specifically oh designed for seniors. Um, and it also goes through the whole, that whole um, experiment about... Um, uh, when they took monkeys and took their mothers away from them to see how, what would happen when they just gave them like a pe- like oh a cloth, God, it, is, it is it's a hot. They basically it's, die. Yeah, it's a tough fucking read. And but what she's doing is she's like, okay, this is what we we've all been isolated for a year and a half, two years, and we're coming back out of it. And like, what does that mean for us? And what does it mean for her? Because she's someone who often thought about loneliness way before this. Um, it is so good. I Someone saw it on my Goodreads, a friend of mine, and texted me, and they were like, should I read this? And I was like, I, I can't ever tell anyone not to read this, but like, it will like break your heart going into it. So I just, I was so moved by this book. I started reading it in one day, and I think I finished it the next day, because I just was like, I have to see what, I just kind of was so interested in her story, the way she told the story, the history, the way she put herself in it, and also the beautiful pictures. It has these gorgeous pictures. And I'll put some of them on my Instagram. I meant to, so people could kind of see, because it's such a gorgeous book. Gorgeous book. Wow. And what is your last one of this section? Make it uh, count. This was a sneaky pick for me. Uh, it, definitely not a book that you would normally uh, 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 choose for me. It's Milk, Blood, Heat by Dantiel W. Moniz. And I'm not a big short story person. I very rarely will read a short story collection, but this one, this book just knocked me on my ass. Um, I saw that it was a Roxanne Gay book club pick. Um, I will very often read a book if Roxanne Gay says that you should read it because, you know, we should all listen to Roxanne Gay. Uh, And I got it from the library and I was just floored. Um, Every story is just so brilliant and devastating and just like a gut punch, but in a really good way. They're all stories and there's not that many because they're kind of long. So I think there's only like five or six stories in the collection. They're all about like girlhood or womanhood, like growing, like becoming a woman or growing up or what it's like to be a woman. And of course it all takes place in Florida, which I, I, part of the reason why I was really excited about it. I think you recommended this to me because you were like new oh, or somebody did. I didn't oh, yeah, read it. Because you were like new, new Florida book. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> new Florida book. I l- fucking love Florida so much. And I just loved it. It was one of those books that I couldn't stop thinking about. Uh, a lot of these stories I have not been able to stop thinking about. And I just think uh, this is going to be one of those writers that I will check out anything that she does. It's just, um, just a absolutely astounding devastating, wonderful collection. So if you were, you love short story collections, you love literary fiction, definitely check this one out. So you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com before we reveal the rest of our Reading Glasses Best Books of 2021. We're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by the drink that I am drinking right now as I'm recording these ads, Soylent. What's Soylent? It's the original food tech company. It's kind of like book tech, but with food. They make delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. My favorite, as you probably know already, is the convenient ready-to-drink shake. It's perfect for breakfast. It's got 20 grams of plant-based protein, which is fantastic. So it's vegan and gluten-free. 
So there's 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, and 400 calories of slow-burning carbs. Fantastic for me to fuel a day of writing. Fantastic for you to maybe fuel a day of reading. Bria loves the Soylent Squares. They're basically like these little square bars, which are very small in size, but big in nutrition. They're 100 calories, so you can throw it in your purse. They're already wrapped up. Don't worry. They're not going to melt on your books. But you can throw it in there and have a snack on the go. Uh, Keep yourself uh, full between meals. uh, Or if you just love chocolate and want to have a little miniature treat during the day, it's absolutely perfect. There's also the energy drinks and the protein drinks. I love the protein drinks. My boyfriend loves the energy drinks. They're both fantastic. It's really the quickest, easiest meal on the planet. There's no cooking, there's no cleanup, and it's from U.S.-grown sustainable source ingredients, which means it's good for you and good for the planet. I take a lot of powerlifting supplements in the morning, which means I have to eat something because I don't like taking pills on an empty stomach. Soylent is absolutely perfect for giving me that meal that I need so I can take my supplements, so I can start my day, so I can start writing, so I can start working on this show. I love it. I hate to cook, but I love Soylent. I have it for breakfast, but you can have it for lunch or anytime you just need a nutritious meal that's delicious and quick. So if you want to try Soylent, which you really should, I'm obsessed, go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. So that's Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses for 20% off your first order. Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses. Glasses. I'm Annabelle Gerwich. And I'm Laura House. And we're the hosts of Tiny Victories. My tiny victory is that I sewed that button back on the day after it broke. We talk about that little thing that you did that's a big deal to you, but nobody else cares. Did you get that Guggenheim Genius Award? We don't want to hear from you. We want little bitty tiny victories. My tiny victory is a tattoo that I added onto this past weekend. Let's talk about it. My victory is that I'm one year cancer free, but my tiny victory is that I took all of the cushions off the couch, pounded them out, put them back, and it looks so great. So if you're like us and you want to celebrate the tiny achievements of ordinary people, listen to Tiny Victories. It's on every Monday on Maximum Fun. Okay, and we're back. Bria, what is your next best book of the year? Um, My next one is Day Zero by C. Robert Cargill. We're both C. Robert Cargill fans. Um, there were I know multiple, you love a robot. At some point, I looked at my list and I was like, oh no, I have like five books that are, I think it was four books that all had robots as main characters. <laughs> <laughs> or some well, sort of AI. Who's that, Becky Chambers that came out with a new one this year? There are so many. There are so many. Um, but I felt like this one did not get enough attention. Um, it definitely gets my me- best main character award because the main character is a tiny, adorable tiger robot, nanny bot, who um, whose name is Pounce, who has to fight in the robot uprising. Um, and I won't tell you which side he's on or the choices he has to make, but it, it's it because he has to make a lot of dark choices. But I just could imagine this adorable little tiger, like with you know, armed to the teeth, trying to fight in this, uh, it, it, like a like <laughs> robot tiger, uh, trying to fight this nanny bot who's in charge of taking care of this little boy, uh, in this robot uprising. Um, it's it's um, just a really great book. I love 
sci-fi like this where it's just like a world that was created, that is created out of nothing. This is actually a prequel to one of uh, Cargill's other books, but um, it's just fantastic. Um, totally worth reading. So fun. I got through it so fast because I was just like, this is just such a such an enjoyable little story. Um, what is your next one, Mallory? My next one is a nonfiction, probably my favorite memoir of the year. And it's it's like memoir slash essay collection. It is uh, Girlhood by Melissa Fabos. Um, this book just fucked me up all the way. Totally destroyed me. Um, every woman should read it. It's a collection of essays of just like growing up, being a girl, becoming a woman. Uh, Melissa Fabos is just, she's a genius and her writing is so phenomenal. Um, I think about one of the essays in this book that I think about all the time is how women are taught to consent to touch that they don't want and how complicated that gets because we're, you know, there's a whole thing right, you know, especially right now about consent, but we are constantly taught to say yes and be okay with things that we're actually not okay with. And I just think about that essay like every few days, several times a week. Um, so make a great gift for a female friend of yours. Um, this might be a little too intense. as like a mom gift, but definitely a good like cousin or just like female friend of yours. Um, just totally floored me. It's just so, it's one of those, it took me like six months to read because I read it a little bit before bed every night because it's a very intense book. It's also got cool illustrations in it. So might be interesting to you, Bria. Um, but yeah, I loved it. What was your next one? Um, well, I said at one point on a podcast, our podcast, on this <laughs> podcast, um, that <laughs> I thought this book would be on my favorites of the year. And it is. It's All's Well by Mona Awad. Um, it's dark. It's funny. It's about an acting teacher. I can't, I love Mona Awad's um, uh, writing because basically everything is like, Simmering under the surface, there's so much oh, oh, holy fuck. You're just like, oh my God, oh my God. But like, it just feels like- I'm still like waiting for it from the library oh, because of great. this review. It's so great. I just thought it was just, uh, it's just such a dark ass book that I just really <laughs> enjoyed. Um, I love, I think she's just becoming one of my favorite writers. I just think she writes such brilliant books. What's your next one? Surprise, surprise, haunted house book for me. It's White Smoke by Tiffany D. Jackson. This book is like Get Out meets The Good House. And I know that on the cover it says Get Out meets The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, but I am begging the publishing industry to think of like literally any other haunted house book to say. <laughs> because saying something is like Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson is like such a specific thing that it, this book is not that. But it is really good. Um I love this book, even though I will say the ending is very abrupt. And I know a lot of glassers feel the same way that they read it, but it is really fucking scary. Definitely a multiple chili rating on the horror scale. Um, you the thing I really loved about it is that you immediately feel for all the characters. It's like a very real, very messy family and the teenage main character who keeps fucking up very badly, but you can see why she's doing it. And you just are really rooting for her to get her shit together in the midst of the scary horror situation. It's just such a smart book. I loved it. And I'm, I really want this author, Tiffany D. Jackson, to write more horror here we're getting close, Bria. Where's uh, your next one? I only have two more. So I looked at my list at this point and I was like, ooh. Because what I do is I write down all my favorites and then I just go through and like the ones that stand out are what I pick. Um, and I just decided to go with two more that I feel like did not get the attention they deserved. Okay, so I went with my favorite novella of the year. Also, right. um, which is, y'all know I love novellas. You know, I love a tour.com book. And this one it's actually the second in the series. You do not have to read the first one. It has nothing to do with the first one. It's also my favorite horror series that's taking place in an Ikea. 
And there's more Which of those. is not the, I was going to say, <laughs> that's a pretty big category now. These days, uh, uh, it's Defect by Nino Cipri, which may be Kipri or Kipri, according to the internet. I'm sorry, but it is one of my favorite books of the year. It's definitely, yeah, like I said, my favorite horror book to takes place in Ikea to come out this year. Um, uh, but really, this book, it's great. It's about the char- main character loves working at the Ikea, is good at working at the Ikea, and um, but kind of screws up one day and gets put into this group of people that has to like take the defective Ikea things and get rid of them and they have to do it in the middle of the night. And um, turns out the whole group is also, well, I don't want to spoil it. The, the Ikea things come alive and they have to like attack them. It's like, oh, this couch, we can't sell it because it's like trying to eat people. Um, I, <laughs> oh, no. And it really does um, a great job. The book does a great job of, of capturing the setting of an Ikea, the monotony of that, the weirdness of that, but also what it's like to be a defective item. Like you'll start, again, I had a lot of non- human protagonists as leads. <laughs> and um, this kind of gets in, you really start to feel for these inanimate objects. Like it's, it's so, it's such a strange book. I loved this book. Um, uh, it, it just, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's a short little fun book that uh, people should definitely check out. And um, this author is becoming one of my favorite authors. Um, I think they're, I just am really into this. We should have them on series, the show. Series that they're doing. Yeah. Um, all right. Mallory, we're down to their wire. What do you have? Wow, yeah, this was tough. I feel like both of us had a bunch of almost that were that sure. could have been on this list. I almost chose a bunch of other ones. And there was like three other books that very nearly went into the slot, but I had to pick The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. And the, again, as I said at the top of the show, the reason why I put it here is because I haven't been able to stop thinking about this mm-hmm, book. Mm-hmm. It's another one that's really hard to recommend to people because it's a really fucking rough read. You know, it is not a feel-good book in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's a feel-bad book, to, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, but it is so brilliantly constructed. It is like this horrifying puzzle. And it's not just like smart horror. It is genius horror. The way that this book is constructed, it's like a fine like a fine watch. Like it is just so meticulous. And I love a book that keeps me guessing and trying to figure things out. Um, she has a, another book coming out next year. I think we're going to have her on the show. I just loved this book. And this is definitely a recommendation for like har- hardcore high level horror readers. Like if you are okay with reading about abuse and really tough things, like this book is just absolutely incredible. All right. What is the last one, Bria? Wow. Wow. Tough choices. It's Tough also choices. also a book from a guest on, from the show. It's No Gods, No Monsters by Cadwell Turnbull. I just, this book did so much for me. First, I love the writing. It's not easy writing. He isn't scared to make you learn various characters. He isn't scared to build worlds. I love that kind of stuff. And it also really captured where we are right now for me. Um, it starts with a shooting Um and then it continues on. It has all these people question reality where they're like, I don't believe the news. I, I can't believe what my eyes are showing me. And also it has werewolves. So like, I don't know what else you could want. And it goes into this bigger world and sets up the series. But it's just, I just loved it. I really like his writing. Um, and I'm excited for the next one. And I've thought about this book a lot. And I've thought a lot about how I'm excited to read the next one to see what happens. Um, and I think that that is a sign that I should shout it out in the best books of the year. Oh, my God. What's your last one? Oh, well, I knew this was going to be on my list as soon as it was announced. And there was no contest. It has to be Fuzz by Mary Roach. 
Another just non-shocker, Mary Roach is my favorite nonfiction author, and she's still at the top of her fucking game. This book is, it's about the ways that humans and animals clash and how animals break the law, which is just such a funny concept because they're fucking animals and they don't give a shit. Uh, Just how humans try to establish order and try to coexist with these animals. And it, it, in, in typical Mary Roach fashion, but I actually think more so than her other books, um, it manages to be so funny but profound at the same time. And she does this really great thing where she can see all sides of a story, you know, and how, because if you were writing a book like this, it'd be very easy to demonize hunters and farmers and people who are hurting animals. But she does such a great job of showing how most people are acting out of fear and like really just trying to do their best. And it's, uh, I, I think, again, I think it would be very easy to to make this book very slanted in one direction. And I think uh, while that would be very warranted, it just wouldn't be as interesting. She's just such an empathetic and curious writer. And this is one of my favorite books that she's written in a long time. Um, and I also just absolutely laugh out loud funny. I love her so much. Uh, all right, so those are all our picks, but we have our special categories. Mm-hmm. Um, we have three categories this year. Um, I think it's the same ones we did last year because yeah. you came up with these last year and I just liked them, so we're keeping okay, them good. forever. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite graphic novel. Bria, what is your favorite graphic novel of the year? Uh, Bubble by fellow podcaster Jordan Morris. We nice. love this one. Um, it was great. We we shouted it out in the book buying episode. I can't recommend it enough. It's funny. It's clever. It's about the gig economy world. It's really great. Uh, they come on the show too. Um, and it's just the perfect graphic novel for anyone who has um, a sense of humor. Uh, you know, anyone who has a sense of humor and likes graphic novels, um, it's by, I, I always say Jordan Morris because he's he's a fellow Max Fun person, but it's also by Sarah Morgan and the illustrator is Tony Cliff. Um, I just think it's a very fun, cool graphic novel. Totally check it out. It's a one-off. Um, and what is your graphic novel? Uh, Thirsty Mermaids by Cat Lay. Uh, I fucking love this one. This book was like specifically made for me. Um, and I will say again, this is not a YA graphic novel. This is an adult graphic novel. And I don't mean like there's, it's an adult novel, but it is, <laughs> it's not for kids. Um, it is about these three drunken mermaids. They cast a spell to give them legs so they can go on land and get more booze. Only they wake up the next morning and they realize that they're stuck with the legs and they need to figure out how to get back home to under the ocean. Uh, it's just so cute and it's so much fun. Uh, I knew it was going to be one of my best books of the year because the literally the first thing I did when I finished it was immediately order a copy for my best friend, Lauren, who was just on the show. Um, I just wanted like a great gift book. It's so beautiful. The art is really fun. It's really colorful. It's just, um, just such an enjoyable, delightful book. And I think I read this in the spring, I think, you know, and things, this is, this year has been tough and I feel like we all needed a little bit of delight and fun this year. And this really, really delivered. Uh, so next category is favorite book that wasn't released this year, but we read this year. So like a favorite 2021 book, but we didn't, it didn't actually come out in 2021. Um, what was yours, Mallory? Uh, I have you to thank for this one. It's The Cutting Season by Attica Locke. Uh, I read this because you said you love this author and you started reading her books and now I want to read everything she's ever written. Uh, I really think she's going to be joining Tana French and Megan Abbott on the list of my favorite mystery writers. Um, I was just immediately sucked into this story and this mystery about um, this woman who... Uh, she works on this uh, plantation in the South that's been kind of like changed into an event space and she's black. So obviously she has a lot of complicated feelings along with the all, a lot, some of the other workers there about the history and they find, um, she ends up finding this dead body and the 
this murder that's the, that everyone's trying to investigate connects to all these other things that have happened on this plantation. And it just becomes this like really complicated, intense, compelling mystery that I just absolutely loved. And yeah, I'm going to read all the rest of her books. Uh, what was your pick? Oh yeah, this, I, this, this one, I'm not surprised. It came out in 2020 and I read it at the very beginning of 2021 and I was like, oh man, if I had read this in 2020, it would have been my top list of the year because I've shouted this one from the rooftops. It's uh, Forget This Ever Happened by Cassandra Rose Clark. Um, y'all have heard me talk about this one. It's got the 90s. It's got Texas. It's got small towns <laughs> with a secret and it's got monsters and the monsters are not allowed in this town but they live in the town. They're not supposed to bother the people but they do start bothering the people and the whole thing about this town is that once you leave you forget that the monsters live there. Um, so it's this really great sort of like you could just like feel the heat in this book. Like when I'm like reading it, I'm like, oh, it's like I'm back in Texas and I just loved it. I've talked about it so much this last year so I had to give it one final Shout out. This book was made for you. I know, it really was. It really was. All right. Our last category, uh, uh, one that you came up with either last year or the year before that I loved. It is the book we hoped gets adapted. Uh, what is your pick for this? Uh, mine's Cackle by Rachel Harrison. Yes. Uh, this is almost on my list. Dear Mr. Hollywood, call me. I would love to do this. <laughs> uh, I just think it would make such a perfect film. And Mallory, really what we're doing with these categories is that we're cheating uh, because we want to have, <laughs> we have one, we only allow yes. ourselves 10 books. One year Mallory came with like 15 and I yelled at her on the podcast. <laughs> but, Which was deserved. <laughs> but what we're doing with these categories is these are also our favorite books of the year, but we can throw them in other categories and still give them shout outs. So I just loved this book. I think it would make a perfect film because it's about these two women. And one, you're like, oh, she's probably a witch. And then you're like, there's this town like kind of hates her slash loves her at the same time. It has, it's definitely small town with a secret, which we know everyone in listens to this podcast loves. Um, we both loved The Return uh, by Rachel Harrison and this one, Cackle. I just, I just loved it. It was wonderful. It was a really great read. And I think it could just make such a wonderful movie with two really cool women. Um, and what is yours? Oh, good one. Yeah, this was, um, this, again, this was another cheating one because I love this book so much and I wanted to talk about it. But I put it in this category because it's true. I really want to see an adaptation of Squad by Maggie Takuda Hall and Lisa Sterl. Um, we had Maggie Takuda Hall on the show. It was a really fun interview. Um, I think this would just make the best series ever. You know, a bunch of teenage girl werewolves. They're eating bad guys. They're wearing cool outfits. Uh, <laughs> they're dealing with crushes and trying to navigate their friendships and this newfound power that they have being werewolves. Just absolutely amazing. I am pretty sure it was optioned. So I hope it happens. I just think this would be such a fun adaptation. Be really cool looking. I always want more lady werewolf things. And um, I love this. This is one of... Uh, if you love um, horror or werewolves or anything like that and you haven't read this graphic novel, what are you doing with your life? It's just absolutely fantastic. Um, well, Bria, there we go. We did it. These are our favorite books of the year. Best books of 2021. Um, again, folks, if you want to uh, write in and let us know what your favorite books were, um, we would love to hear it. We love seeing what every uh, everyone loved reading at the end of the year. Um, it's been a fun year of reading. Um, and yeah, uh, we're going to take next week off. Remember because of Christmas, uh, but we will be back the week after that for our end of the year wrap up. So happy holidays. Hope you're having a nice break and getting some reading done. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy reading glasses, totes and shirts and stickers over at our void March store. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. I talked at the top of the show about how the sales from that, uh, uh, 
that merch store and the cool shirts and mugs and pillows and cool things you've been buying have literally like helped us get things that we need in our lives. Um, Jordan made a new design of one of our most popular designs. The libraries are fucking awesome design. He made a new one that says libraries are flipping awesome. So Mm -hmm. if you work in a library or with children, you can wear it. (laughs) Uh, Please check it out. Make great, definitely makes great Christmas gifts. And if you like the show and you want to give us a Christmas present that is free, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can do it. I mean, wherever you review podcasts, but Apple Podcasts in particular, because that's where a lot of people listen to us. It is great for us. It helps us reach more readers. It helps us reach more advertisers. It helps us attract people. It helps us look really cool. It really makes our day. That's a, be a great Christmas present for us. We were definitely, hopefully we're on the nice list this year. I think hopefully we did a good so. job. Yeah, we did. <laughs> You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.